make sure you're speaking from your diaphragm. Put your hand right here and go. <sighs> no, because that's how you're supposed to. So you can project. So <laughs> like on your stomach and like push like <clears throat> a little bit because that's where your voice should come from. So, uh, <laughs> so do the, the thing noise. Go. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> you know they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste but what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time <laughs> who are you talking to <clears throat> no, nothing ready to watch some movies Ah, oh, yeah yeah Hello and welcome to Matt Make Zach Watch Horror Movies. It's a podcast pitch in a title. Uh, I'm Matt and I'm going to make... I'm Zach. Hello. Watch a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) What did we watch this week, Zach? Uh, We watched The Thing. Uh, John Carpenter's eternal classic. Probably Mm -hmm. my favorite Carpenter movie. And you went in pretty cold to this one, right? Yeah, should we talk about our backgrounds and oh, like yes. horror films? Perhaps that would be best. <laughs> so explain <laughs> your vast knowledge on horror films. Um, I was terrified of everything horror until I was like 17. Like I just stayed away from it. I was the kid that like couldn't go on Haunted Mansion when I was little. I was so afraid oh, no. of anything spooky. And then like... Uh, uh, my eventual brother-in-law was like, have you seen uh, Evil Dead, Matt? And I was like, no. So I went and looked it up when you could still, don't tell anybody, illegally watch movies on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just changed my life. And from there, he recommended a bunch of movies for me. And uh, John Carpenter's probably become one of my favorite directors. So that's why I was really excited to uh, make you watch this movie. <laughs> what about you, Zach? What's your experience with horror? Well... I have seen little to no horror movies ever, <laughs> so that's kind of why we're doing this. Yep. Um, I played a lot of horror games uh, in high school. I had a little YouTube channel where I played it when like nice. PewDiePie was big, you know, <laughs> just screaming at everything for reactions. Uh, and I kind of got desensitized to it, so I never really watched horror films. But I'm very excited to All begin right. and very scared. <laughs> and I think we picked a good first one. I think so. Uh, we kind of are picking loose themes every month, and this month we thought since we're kicking it off, we'd start with foundational horror movies, mm-hmm. like good good introductions. So I picked my one of my top five horror movies of all time, my favorite John Carpenter movie, The Thing. Uh, so Zach, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot to unpack. Truly. Um, <laughs> now, did you know anything about The Thing going into this? I knew Kurt Russell had a big old beard <laughs> and there is some monster that shapeshifts into other people. So if I'm not mistaken, you didn't even know it was an alien, right? No, I I thought because it, it doesn't look like an alien. It right. looks like fleshy and everything. So yeah. I just went with like monster they find in the tundra. <laughs> Wherever, where are they in the movie? Um, I believe they're in like Antarctica, like somewhere mm. just desolate and cold and you can't get to it. Yeah. So I figured they just find the monster. It's fine. Don't right. need to explain it. But <laughs> it opens up with a spaceship flying into Earth. OK, I have a quick question because I've thought about this a lot with this and um, Predator, actually, oddly <laughs> enough. Mm-hmm. Do you think the movie is better if we don't see the spaceship at the beginning? If you're just like, what? (laughs) I I like a little bit of mystery, so I think so. Because to me, when you explain things too much, it's like, it just takes the fun out of it. Yeah, because that's the closest thing we get in the whole movie to an answer about anything. And I think it's the one like ding against this movie. Yeah, because that's why I like um, like Tarantino movies like Reservoir Dogs. Well, he doesn't hold your hand. Yeah, he doesn't explain that much about it. All you need to know is what you need to know for those like two hours of what's going on. Yeah, You don't need like an extensive backstory. It's true. Uh, and because you can tie actually everything back to Tarantino. <laughs> oh, uh, you the, always can. The score for this movie was done by the great Ennio Morricone, who did like a bunch of the old spaghetti westerns and he did Ooh. tarantino's hateful eight Ooh. and i believe django um but what's great about hateful eight 
was that Tarantino is a huge The Thing fan. He's a huge John Carpenter fan. He's a huge fan of everything. It's true. <laughs> he actually got to he actually used a bunch of unused Ennio Morricone score from The Thing oh. and put it, that's the score for is it? his movie about being trapped in the snow. That's freaking. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's apparently because they had just worked on Django together. Morricone was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I got a bunch of like stuff that John Carpenter cut out because I hadn't seen the movie i just made a score for him mm. so john carpenter went in and just edited out a bunch of songs so then tarantino was like so you have this still <laughs> like it's just at your disposal <laughs> that's amazing i didn't know that yeah, and you can tie everything back to tarantino every time i mean seriously and that uh, i love the soundtrack for hateful eight yeah. like the opening scene with we're going off topic I, talking about Tarantino, but I have a I have a sad confession. Hmm. I still haven't watched all of the hatefully. I saw like bits and pieces Wait. of it. And I've never sat down and watched it. Okay, I was about to cut you slack by saying that you haven't seen it, but you've seen pieces of it. Like clips and like people talking about like the year that movie came out, like, oh my favorite movie this year hmm. was, you know. That, fun fact about me, that was the first ever r-rated movie that i saw by myself in a movie theater really and the only movie that i've ever seen by myself in a movie theater <sighs> you're missing out man going to the movies mm-hmm. by yourself it's not that bad yeah it's yeah. not it's very memorable <laughs> but yeah so so back to the thing uh, back to the thing <laughs> a spaceship crashed and then insanity ensues <laughs> and then you know a helicopter is chasing a dog <laughs> trying to shoot it I thought your heart was going to break when they took out the rifle and started shooting at the dog. It did. And I was rooting for the good boy. It took all my willpower not to be like, don't root for the dog, Zach. Don't root for the dog. I was I was rooting for the good boy. And the good boy got away <laughs> from the guy chasing it. So yeah, that, the good boy technically killed everybody. I like, mean, it, wor- it worked out for the good boy. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. But it is one of like the ultimate like tone setting openings in the you're just like even the the dog is getting <laughs> shot at like what world is this yeah um my my favorite scene <laughs> of this whole movie the introduction of kurt russell oh, it's the best the only woman in the whole movie is the voice of that chess computer uh <laughs> again maybe to the detriment of the movie i don't know yeah <laughs> I, I it was just like pure nonsense and ridiculousness it and was I loved just it. like how badass can we make one person look mm-hmm. in, in in 30 seconds and he's I, smart enough he loves chess he's got the only computer in the 80s and he's gonna blow it up with a scotch <laughs> and i thought the computer said cheese wizard not chess wizard <laughs> <laughs> so i was I forgot about that <laughs> so the second i see cheese wizard and kurt russell with his big old beard and long hair i'm just like <laughs> i love this movie already and then it just said chess wizard but then he blew it up with scotch so i was all on board you cheating cheating bitch (laughs) and that that had no like point to it other than it was just how how do we set up everything you need to know about this guy yeah he uh he's the manliest man to ever man as i like to say (laughs) He's just made a beard and attractiveness. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's peak Kurt Russell. It, I mean, I mean, I've now here's my confession. Okay. I've only seen like current Kurt Russell movies. I haven't seen prime I mean, Kurt Russell. He worked with Carpenter a lot. So we might have a couple more movies. We could find a way to sneak in what, here. <laughs> what other movies has John Carpenter done? Um, Probably his even more than the thing is most well-known film is halloween okay so he did do halloween um, uh you got the thing uh, escape from new york and escape from la which you can skip um <laughs> is that a sequel to escape from new york yeah it's, <laughs> it's not great uh um the prince of darkness which is a really weird movie that i'm really looking forward to making you watch i have no idea what that is so <laughs> time traveling jesus satan what? Oh, that's the best way to sum up Prince of Darkness. Uh, and Big Trouble in Little China are probably his most well-known movies. So all Kurt Russell. Yeah, except for <laughs> Prince of Darkness. So, Wait, is Kurt Russell in Halloween? No, you're right. He's not in Halloween. Uh, okay, I was, he, I was about to be He excited. is in 
I've still never seen it. I really want to track it down. Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, right after he made Halloween, he needed money. <laughs> so he was like, oh, yeah, I'll make a TV movie. And him and Kurt Russell made an Elvis movie. What? Like an Elvis biopic. And Kurt Russell was Elvis. Yes. That's how they met. And he was like, well, you're in all of my movies from now on. You're my muse, sir. <laughs> is it is it scary enough to be a horror movie so we can watch it? <laughs> I mean, it's got a lot of soft lighting, so I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, It's scary how pretty Kurt Russell's eyes are. <laughs> I'm gonna choke. <laughs> uh, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, so Kurt Russell got introduced. Yes, and then we kind of make enough of a way through the camp that we see the enough of the characters around him to yeah. get an idea of how things work. Yeah, who everyone is, and then immediately their life is interrupted by the dog being chased by the yeah, helicopter. That's right which then accidentally blows itself up mm -hmm. and only the dog escapes. It, and now knowing what I know about that dog, I still think that guy's a dick. <laughs> You're not wrong, <laughs> but can you blame him? No. Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> he was trying to hunt the good boy. Was he a good boy? He was the best boy he won. I mean, he was the best boy at his job, I guess. <laughs> he did his job. All right, but let's get into uh, what you're really here for with the thing, mm -hmm. the special effects, man. Oh, man. Uh, practical, good old 80s. Well, that, the moment, that <laughs> freaking moment, because then the dog gets in, everything's good, they shot that guy, and he goes to put the dog away. The dog just lays down and stares forward, and then all of a sudden, you just hear it go, Oh, <laughs> and then its entire face it opens. open. I was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I think I literally just went, what the <laughs> Yeah, you, I just remember looking over at you and your face just blank and afraid. <laughs> because like, it was the noise that threw me off, just out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the sound design of this movie is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's it knows exactly really when to like go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the special mm -hmm. effects in this movie are done by uh, Rob Bottin, who mm -hmm. is one of the best effects artists of all time. He did things like um, The Howling, which is one of the first like great werewolf transformations. Um, Total Recall, which, you know, has the uh, <laughs> exploding Arnold head. Um, oh, is that that movie? Yeah, that movie's okay. great. Um, I just know it for the memes. I believe he did RoboCop, which also mm -hmm. has amazing effects. Um, and he made this movie. It was, I believe, his second movie that he was the lead designer on after The Howling when he was like 22. Mm. And he you were asking me how he did it. He yeah. almost he did it by almost killing himself. Yep. Like, please he, explain. <laughs> he rapped on the movie, like all the effects shots and apparently like immediately like passed out and they had to take him to the hospital because he hadn't slept in like three weeks. Oh my God. Because he was the, the head designer and he was running most of the effects because they just took so long that he was the only one who had to do them. Oh man. And he had to watch every one of those effects also get set on fire because <laughs> that's, that's all they right. could do was just like, well, we're done with that shot. Light it up. Like we need that shot next. Oh. So they literally just burned his animatronics. <laughs> man that's rough yeah and so he had to check into the hospital for severe exhaustion <sighs> but i mean it's what it's all jam. there on the camera yeah i mean the only effect he didn't get to do because they had to go back and do like pickup shots was the dog's head opening that made you mm. go what <laughs> um and they got some some little guy i don't know somebody nobody named stan winston to do it mm. you know the guy who did like jurassic park and terminator and terminator 2 and predator and, oh so you know, you know nobody you know, just a nobody <laughs> who was like working in rob Botine's effects shop at that point i think so rob Botine, mm -hmm. that's him that's yes, the that's guy. the effects guy. That's on this the movie. name to remember. Yes, because he, he was the hero. Of he, this. He's the real star of the movie. Yeah. Technically, it's Kurt Russell, but it's really Rob Bottin. Mm -hmm. He's the main character. Because <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's a lot of like puppetry, right? Yeah, almost everything was in camera. Very little of it was even stop motion. So, mm -hmm. like 
when the thing like flicks its tongue across and like grabs the mm-hmm. table, they let her just put the tongue on the thing and just like threw it at the table <laughs> so that it would look cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, to the point where they almost killed themselves. Yeah. Nobody thought about like how well ventilated is this room with all this fire and all of this plastic. Oh yeah. And they had to like put it out and be like, so we all almost died. Um, no one opened the window. Like, <laughs> Jeez, dude. <laughs> yeah i mean bravo to them it Seriously. came out amazing yeah like i i do film and stuff like i do video right. editing after effects all of that and i was sitting there the whole time like how like <laughs> when the head crawls across the floor with its tongue it's you just don't know how they could have yeah. possibly shot that speaking of which that was my other favorite shot because yeah. it was so funny yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it knows. <laughs> I think people who haven't seen this movie think that it's going to take itself way too seriously because mm. it's known as like this weird nihilistic horror movie where no one wins, so it must be so self serious. But the movie's actually really funny because mm-hmm. that moment where you're like, "What?" and you kind of want to laugh. One of the characters laughs and goes, "What?" The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's that scene where they torch the guy. And the head spurts out legs and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then it crits the Kurt Russell and over his shoulder, you just see it scurrying yeah. away. And it it held on that shot for such a long time that I was just like, what is that? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's funny. Yeah. It's like perfect. Yeah. Like, Turbiner also knows when just to cut the, ten- the tension. Like mm-hmm. the probably the most famous scene in this movie outside of the effects is the, the blood test scene, mm. which I don't know. How did you feel about it? Um, I felt like it did a good job of, <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about all the stupid, <laughs> funny stuff. Now I got to think seriously. Uh, it did a really good job of like showcasing how far gone everybody yeah. is with all this like suspicion of everybody, which, well, who do you trust? Yeah. Which that's like an allegory for like. When communism and like, all oh, yeah, I mean, was it was like, like peak around, right? Cold War. It was 1982. Yeah. So it was literally, you know, well, we can't trust anyone in this room. One of you could be assimilated to the group that thinks yeah. it's one mind. Yeah. Cause I, cause I remember watching a video or something that was like going through like that whole era mm-hmm. of movies and everything. Oh, and there's showing a ton of it. It's great. How that got created and everything, yeah. which is cool. But yeah, I, I liked it. Like it was, when he tested that one dude's blood and then it popped yeah. up i was like oh my god you. he knows just yeah. but then after all this like oh my god it just cuts to the bit where like he tests the blood now the person is next to him holding a gun he cuts, cuts the blood yeah. now he's holding a flamethrower yeah. that was good editing and then the guy on the couch as much as i enjoy this could you unfucking time me <laughs> uh that was yeah that was good um what yeah i think what like the coolest thing about that was mm-hmm. editing wise and pacing. He did a bunch of tests yeah. that were all good. And then he kind of got distracted when he tested yeah. the, the one that was the well, thing. They, they immediately just make you go like, oh, it's child's, right? Yeah. That's where all of your attention is. So you mm. weren't even paying attention to the blood sample in his hand. I, I was just paying attention that yeah. he was Keith David. I, yeah. I wasn't suspecting him at all. <laughs> it's Keith David. <laughs> um, and like the fact that you don't know how it's going to react. Right. The fact that it like jumped up like that. Yeah, it like, could become anything. So yeah. why wouldn't the blood become something? Yeah, it was cool. Right, here's a big question I once heard somebody ask is, do you know if you're a thing? like do you think you're a normal person right like do do you know if you've been assimilated to it once it fully assimilates you because clearly like the ones who aren't changed yet mm-hmm. seem to kind of know they're still an alien but then like the one on the couch doesn't say like no don't tie me down he just goes with it mm. and he knows he's gonna get found out i, I want to say no just because like from all the scenes where they catch the thing transform. Right. Like the dog and the uh, ginger dude when he was running on the snow yeah. and they stop and go, oh, <laughs> that's that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's 
just sums up everything that is happening yeah. and that a man screams as he changes <laughs> and then gets burned to death. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, that, that was really good sound design. Yeah. Uh, when he turned in like, cause when it was the dog, I thought it was funny because it was a dog making the right. noise. But when it was right. the dude, they added like some distortion and stuff yeah. to it that made it sound like really horrifying, which was, and like, Oh, it's the most, that, everything else scares you that's like mm, haunting yeah and and it sounded the most alien out yeah. of, like that was the most alien-esque thing uh, out of the whole movie which was other than the spaceship but right yeah <laughs> um yeah i want to say no i think like the the thing knows it's the thing and it's trying to like so if if you've been assimilated you know it well, I think at that point you'd just be gone. Like, okay, you wouldn't be around anymore. Yeah, because I've heard that theory a lot. Because there's a ton of theories about this movie, but I always thought the the biggest like way to disprove it was that uh, at the end, um, Wilford Brimley is running around and he knows he's the thing. He's building a spaceship. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 and <laughs> that was that was another funny he just scene pops up and it's a middle-aged and then, man <laughs> and he just grabs his face yeah. but then it turns terrifying again because his fingers just slowly sink into his yeah. face but, <laughs> it's just like pop around the corner it's yeah like an older diabetes <laughs> that was good but um also right after that when it's like the full final oh, thing oh yeah and it becomes an action movie for a minute yeah it's awesome and it's kurt russell yeah. blowing stuff up yeah. knocking walls down and it, it just makes you long for the time of practical explosions yeah. like you think like hey it's not that different now right and then you see it mm-hmm. that they just blew up a shack with dynamite for real yeah. and it just looks so much better yeah and <laughs> i mean all the effects and stuff like the practical effects of uh, the thing it's like it's just so fascinating to think about how how do you do that because like with visual effects and stuff it's like us computers but like practical effects when you're sitting there not knowing how they did something it just adds so much to it it, it's this crazy thing where the for that kind of thing uh, an effects artist has to almost become the co-director because they have to figure out with the sometimes with the director sometimes without depending on the quality of the movie um, <laughs> how you're going to be able to frame the shot so you don't see everything yeah you know i mean and there's there's genius stuff like the the stomach burster scene where um it eats the guy's arms yeah. they did that by literally hiring an amputee a double a double arm amputee putting a mask on him of the actor <laughs> and he just stuck his arms into a hydraulic machine and it cut off his fake arms <laughs> because they were well you know easiest is best so they're like, let's just cut that dude's arms off so it's, they just we'll give him fake arms they just literally did it yeah <laughs> and it's insane and it looks great like, yeah <laughs> man i think like the only part that i w- was like oh i can see how they did that was right after the head grabbed the chair and started spring legs and it was underneath the desk like going yeah yeah you can kind of i you can tell there's a guy behind the desk there's a puppet going yeah (laughs) but it's still cool it's like ah that almost makes it better yeah yeah totally it's charming (laughs) it it is man it's it's super inspiring too yeah all right rob botin's a genius john carpenter knew exactly how to shoot it all right now let's get to the, the other theory about this movie the mm-hmm. very end there are only two people left yes do you think one of them's the thing oh god um i don't know is it keith david or is it kurt russell you gotta choose one of them <laughs> i mean that's implying that one of them is the thing All right oh man i don't know to help if i give you some of the information around yes, this theory yes. so people have been debating that for years much like the end of the original blade runner mm-hmm. you know is he a replicant yeah yeah um john carpenter has come out and said one of them is the thing okay and i know which one it is and i'm never gonna tell you because that's the whole point yeah and that set off everyone back to their keeboards trying to figure it out okay so one of them definitely is the okay thing. so it's confirmed that one of them yes because with stuff like that when people theorize so much 
it's like what's it a little less fun yeah like i like not knowing that's the yeah, point yeah i mean of that's it. the whole point but there are some really good theories yeah i mean yeah there's always good <laughs> theories but i forget what example well does the top fall over in inception you know i that's a Does spoiler. We haven't seen that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we going to watch it? <laughs> I don't know. Are we? <laughs> oh, wait. You said Inse- I thought you said Insidious. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Insidious. <laughs> really similar movies, actually. But uh, Well, I haven't, haven't seen that one. But I have seen Inception. Yeah. <laughs> so, Does the top fall? Does it matter yeah. if the top falls over? Yeah. No, he doesn't care. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. I like that. Um, yeah. But Keith David or Kurt Russell. <laughs> Do you want to know some more stuff that people have found out? I want to know where Keith David was. Is right. there any clues on like what he was up to? I know. I I think it's Keith David. I think it's Keith David. I I do because of one thing. So. Mm-hmm. After, ah, after John Carpenter relit the fire of like theories, uh, Dean Cundy, the cinematographer for this movie and for a lot of John Carpenter's films, said, you know, as always, we sat down and planned out every shot super specifically. So mm-hmm. here's a fun fact. When someone is human, they still have an eye light. An eye light is when um, you light them in a specific way so their eyes shine. Mm. So like you can see like a reflection of a light in their eyes. So kind of like a uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, not mm-hmm. quite like not like a flash. Yeah, just not like, the same thing, but the same like concept. A, yeah, uh, the same concept, but not red. Just like mm-hmm. you know when you can see the light reflected in somebody's eyes, you get the little white spot in the corner. Yeah. You know, um, they lit people who were not the thing that way specifically. So you could see it. And th- people who are not the thing do not have an eye light because mm. they're fake. Right. So people who are the thing. The people who are the thing okay. do not have an eye light. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and at the end, Keith David doesn't have an eye light, but it's also nighttime. So <laughs> <laughs> that could have actually been a mistake. Maybe they weren't that careful. I mean, there was a giant fire. Right. That they could light. I, Keith or Kurt Russell still has the eye light. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> but it also doesn't matter. Did any of the anybody who ended up being the thing, did they carry any weapons or anything? Because I don't think they did. I, I'm trying to think not r- really, but they nobody was really armed when they became the thing. Yeah, because because I'm wondering if that was deliberate, like if you're right. this alien thing who can just devour everybody, why would you carry a weapon? Mm, that's true. Because well, Keith David still had the flamethrower. The thing for... Well, but what if he's trying to check him? Yeah, true. Right, and so the thing in support, but they would not have known this mm-hmm. uh, at the time. In the prequel, which is bad and don't watch it, mm-hmm. but we're probably going to watch it eventually. One year from now. Yep, that's mm-hmm. the plan. Uh, <laughs> they come up with their own version of the blood test. They say that the thing can't replicate like metal, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you have fillings, you don't have fillings when you become the thing. If you mm-hmm. have an earring, you lose the earring. Mm-hmm. Keith David still has an earring. Oh. But John Carpenter didn't make that movie, and it also came 20 years later. Oh, this is a prequel. I yeah, this that. is okay. the prequel. Yeah, yeah screw that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it counts, but if you're using the canon of the movies, yeah. it counts, I guess. What John Carpenter says is what counts. It's true. <laughs> I think that about most things. Like when he fights Nazis on Twitter. Because he's the best. <laughs> I know literally nothing about John Carpenter. So He's just like a cool old dude now. He that's just... Um, outside of the thing, he scored all of his movies. Oh, that's cool. So he recently started releasing music. That's what he does now. He scored the Halloween that came out last year. Mm. Um, and produced it. Um, but he just tours with like his band, which is like his son and like his godson playing guitar <laughs> and him on keyboards. That's so cool. Um, that's what he does. And he's a semi-professional gamer. What? <laughs> yeah. That's like what he does in his spare time. He's like, yeah, I sit at home, play the last of us, play like overwatch, you know, <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> Did John Carpenter just become my hero? Right. <laughs> like, oh, everything he says also is gold. Like. 
I love Rob Zombie and I actually don't hate his Halloween remake somewhat controversially. John Carpenter does though and he just Mm. talks mad shit on it all the time. He's like, yeah, I don't really care how much that movie sucks. They gave me a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Created by rights. Look it up, kids. (laughs) And he goes and plays with his band. (laughs) That's amazing. So Rob Zombie did a remake of Halloween? Yes, we'll probably watch it. Cool. (laughs) See, like... I think that's why this podcast is cool because I know nothing about. I I'm all of really this. excited because you're where I was like ten years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> man. Do, does John Carpenter like stream on Twitch? Because I I hope dope. so. We should look that up. You <laughs> <laughs> find this out right now. All um, right, but it seems like you liked the movie. I did quite a bit. Yeah. How do you think people reacted to it when it came out? Oh, they probably hated it. They tore it to fucking pieces. Of course dude. they did. One critic described it as a movie that proves that John Carpenter is only fit to direct like car crashes and genocide. <sighs> Man, <laughs> people said like, "Oh, the effects are great, but who could ever watch something this gross?" The 80s sucked, dude. But I think the toughest part about the thing that this movie had going against it so hard, it came out the same week as E.T., which was, like, at the time, the biggest movie of all time. And also this really optimistic look at, like, what if we met an alien? (laughs) So imagine going, like, yeah, we'll go see E.T. And then the next week being like, oh, you know, the movie that came out that week and the thing we should go see, it's about aliens, too. (laughs) And then seeing that movie. (laughs) I wonder if anybody's made like a crossover. Oh, I'm sure it is. Parody of like E.T. and the thing. Yeah. But I mean, E.T. apparently ruined a lot of science fiction movies chances because this was the same year that Blade Runner came out and it also bombed and gets blamed on E.T. as like, Ah, well, nobody wanted nihilistic sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, because that was the whole thing with Star Wars. Wasn't it like when was I'm stupid. When was Vietnam? Um, it like ended in, I think in like the early seventies. I don't have an exact timeline. Yeah, Someone like, is yelling at their phone right now. <laughs> cause, cause I think that was the thing with star Wars. Like it was right after that. And like all the this, battle like, of indoors fully Vietnam. Yeah. And it was all this, like, cause the real world sucked. So people wanted an escape. And yeah. that's why the first star Wars was like a hero's journey yes. and positive. And that's why everybody loved it. So yeah. Like, I can so I, imagine that in even like darker movies that followed it, like Alien, Alien has an ending where the hero wins. Spoilers. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, she she's in the sequel. Yeah. So I would assume. <laughs> but the you know, Terminator, she wins, you know, haven't seen Terminator. Oh, well, all right. Back to the. <laughs> but no, yeah, it got like ripped to shreds. Uh, John Carpenter said that he has always taken criticism like in stride but the one criticism that really hurts is the way that people attacked the thing because mm. this was a movie he had to like fight to get made yeah and it was his first studio film everything he'd mm. done before then was like small budget indies that pretty much no matter what they did they were gonna make they were gonna be huge hits yeah like i mean halloween is like a spectacular hit i think for a time a very long time it was the most profitable independent film ever made because they made it for like fifty thousand dollars and it made like 15 million yeah but um he he took it really hard and he was trying so hard to be the like a populist filmmaker like he saw Mm -hmm. himself his directing hero is somebody like howard hawks who made like famous westerns Mm -hmm. and like big movies and also he produced the film that this one is a remake of Mm. uh the thing from another world from the 50s is like a very unintentionally campy like mm. 50s sci-fi movie you know it's got a big lumbering monster instead of a mm. shapeshifter so for uh, our two-year anniversary we're watching yes. that i've never seen that one and i i kind of really want to because i love old like b movies yeah it, but, it really shows that this is like an underdog movie yeah and it's like his love letter to like weird sci-fi yeah and um specifically like hp lovecraft he's a big mm. lovecraft fan uh, Prince of Darkness, which I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. draws a lot on that. So does his movie In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, both movies we'll probably watch. Cool. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, and it, I think it just like broke his heart because he was like, yeah. this is it. I'm going to make a studio movie now. Man. And then it immediately was just like, get back in your place, Carpenter. Uh, like, <laughs> I had to go. 
he was trying so hard he actually wound up making a good movie but a movie he doesn't like he wound up making um a stephen king adaptation uh called christine Mm. about a car that kills people and apparently he does not like that movie he's like i just didn't want him to not give me budgets anymore so i literally the next thing they offered me i just did it and it just bums me out because he seems like the coolest dude yeah and like we're both creative so like yeah we know how that feels and that sucks yeah i cannot imagine if you made like three like the three biggest things of your career when you're like in your 20s and you turned 30 and they're like uh no we don't want you anymore man and then he went on to make a bunch of other amazing movies but like that just i can see why it hit him so hard definitely and like after watching yeah after watching (laughs) this it's really good and blade runner is one of like my top movies well yeah i mean the same thing happened to ridley scott yeah like it it's shocking that ridley scott managed to come back after blade runner yeah because both of these movies were for the time like big budget movies yeah like the thing cost like 16 million dollars in 1982 blade runner i think cost like 20 million and both of them didn't make back their budgets at the time well I'm glad I'm glad they're doing well. Yeah, now. now they're like these they've gone beyond cult classics. Now they're just considered classics, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But you wish it would have happened for those two then. I mean, yeah. Again, obviously they're both fine. Like Ridley mm. Scott is one of the biggest directors of all time. Yeah. But it's just a bummer that yeah. like they got so savagely beaten by critics. Yeah. I mean, we love a good struggle, a good story. Right. You like an underdog story, yeah. but some of the reviews of the thing are just mean. Dude. like roger ebert who had been a huge champion of carpenter like was one of the f- first critics to be like no everybody go see halloween mm. it's great you're gonna love it yeah he tore the thing shreds yeah. he said like it's a technical achievement but if you're looking for anything beyond like shallow characters and gross out effects you're not looking for this movie he clearly missed the first five minutes of the film where you see Kurt Russell (laughs) pouring scotch on a computer and saying you cheating bitch. I I guess that was like a common complaint is that like none of the characters are well drawn except for Kurt Russell. Keith David. Yeah. Keith David, Wilford Brimley. Like they're both great characters who you totally understand. (sighs) Wilford Brimley has one of my other favorite moments in the movie, which is no, I'm fine. I want to come back. And there's just a (laughs) noose in the background. Let's let's talk about that. That was a great scene. It's hilarious. It's, it's so dark, but it's hilarious. Cause when he first opened it up and like, I saw the noose, I was like, Oh man, it's about to get dark. And then he's like, Hey guys, what's up? I'm like totally fine. Can I come back now? Let me back in the house. Let me back in the house. You're like, that dude's a thing. Wait a second. That just clicked with me. I didn't realize that you probably made the news because he knew he was about to become the thing or something. He's afraid he's going to get assimilated. Yeah. And then he did. Yeah. Oh, which is so much more terrifying. But, or here's the, the even darker question Is he already a thing? We don't know. Because they keep talking about like, oh, he wrecked the helicopters. But Mm. then at the end, he's been using pieces of the helicopters to build a spaceship. Yeah. So was he already a thing when he wrecked the helicopters and he was just pocketing shrapnel? Wait, wait, he was the one that? Yeah, that's what they because it's in the tunnel he dug beneath the the shack. I I don't know why, but I I, like I thought it was Keith Keith David who was running away from the helicopter. Who sabotaged it. No no no, 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 Early, early yeah, on yeah, yeah, when yeah. he figures out the yeah. algorithm for, like, how long will it take the right, thing to right, conquer Right, right, right. Because right after that, he starts shooting and smashing everything. Yeah. That's right. Okay. He no, just loses it. I'm I'm just replacing every scene with Keith David because I can't yes, believe he, should. he was uh, in it. <laughs> I was so excited when you said, wait, Keith David's in this? <laughs> All I knew about it was Kurt Russell. He's so good in this movie, too. Childs is the best, man. Uh, he was... Like he was right, like oh yeah, he's Kurt great. Russell and Keith David yeah. was right there. Yeah, I, if you like Keith David, we're gonna have to watch They Live, where Keith mm. David uh, gets into a fist fight with Roddy Rowdy Piper from the WWE. <laughs> That's the guy who. Uh, uh, I'm all out of gum. Yeah, right? that that's okay. the movie. I'm all I oh, came here to movie. chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. It, isn't that movie something like he wears sunglasses and can see aliens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's this is the movie that actually John Carpenter got into fights with um, neo-Nazis on Twitter over because mm. they were trying to be like, see, John Carpenter totally knew about like the the Jewish globalist conspiracy. And John Carpenter was like, 
fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. You're Nazi. <laughs> I don't like you because he's the best. Yeah. Uh, John Carpenter just became my hero for sure. He's, he's the coolest dude, man. Uh, what other scenes were there? There's, we need to talk there's about? a lot. Um, <laughs> I say that as we both drop. Like. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love how Kurt looks at Carpenter swedes and then he's just like come on man they're norwegian they're norwegian man (laughs) like come on man Ah, get it right (laughs) uh that's one thing i wish the movie had more was like woody banter like that yeah it could have you it i i guess i can see where if you were rooting against this movie already you could draw the conclusion that like oh why aren't why don't the characters get along they're all Mm. out there together they all clearly know each other from work and to me it was always clear that like the point is that they don't get along. Yeah. When you're isolated for yeah, that for long, sure. you just um, you just start to turn against each other. One of the guys says like doesn't you know when they say like, "Well, why would it take the Norwegians they've only been out here for like 5 days. Why would they turn against each other so quick?" And one of the guys says, "We've only been here for one. I don't mm. like any of you." <laughs> like Yeah, and the uh character uh windows yeah like his whole thing how the guy kept coming in yelling and i was like oh yeah these guys hate each other they're like yeah they're th- once you've been like that alone for more than a day you just go nuts yeah like it makes perfect sense yeah i uh, don't understand why anyone would have trouble with that as characterization yeah i but i i think let me rephrase witty banter to uh busting kurt russell's balls yeah, I think more of that would have been funny. I also don't fully understand why all of them are immediately like, yeah, I know Kurt Russell is the smartest one here. We should follow him <laughs> because he's, he's the manliest man. I know, but he's the helicopter pilot. And they're all like military men and scientists <laughs> and like true. geniuses who are studying Antarctica. And he's like, I can fly this helicopter. That's all I got. Like <laughs> he, drinks, he, he always has a bottle of scotch. Yeah. He's got a gun. Oh, that was what I guess the director of uh, the thing from another world said is really this ad is just a this movie is just an ad for nihilism and Jim Bean. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently does not care for this movie. Who the director of the original of oh, the original? Yeah. But well. a, also though this movie it should be said both this and the original film are based on a short story called who goes there Mm. and apparently almost everything that's in this version of the thing is in that short story so i don't know Mm. why he's like i just don't like that kind of violence like (laughs) did you read the story your movie is based on (laughs) people are dumb (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like i can i can see like the saltiness of like I mean, this movie and this remake is this kid way more nowhere, yeah. remembered and like considered oh, classic. I, I didn't know this was a remake when yeah. I first saw it. Nobody except for John Carpenter talks about the thing from another world because yeah. it's like his one of his favorite movies. So that's why this was a love letter, like in a, in a lot of ways, like the, the opening with the spaceship and even the title card mm. with like the lights and the air blowing through it are a shot for shot recreation of the opening scene from the original because mm, yeah. he loves it so much like that was his way of saying like no i love this movie mm. and it's a imagine then on top of all the critical hate finding out that like the director of your favorite oh, movie is like man. you suck man man <laughs> oh, john carpenter i'm so sorry <laughs> we were I'm so sorry. wrong john <laughs> no we weren't everybody else was right, right. <laughs> the royal <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry john carpenter yeah you're you're great don't listen to anybody <laughs> right and don't watch the prequel uh mm-hmm. which did come out and most people don't care for it should be said again i feel like we have to talk about it because it's part of this movie's legacy now well i mean i i i didn't even know it existed no one talks about it but i but i know this one existed exactly it's sort of like nobody talks about godfather 3 but everybody talks about the first two yeah you know it's it's okay if that's why i will never understand when people are like i can't believe they're making a sequel to this perfect movie and it's like that movie's perfect it won't matter if the sequel sucks because we'll forget about it next yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. Um, to, uh, speaking of like the love letter stuff mm-hmm. and bringing it back to Tarantino as always. <laughs> that's what I love about Tarantino. Like all his films yeah. are like love letters to other he films. He just loves movies. Because that's the thing about like art. Like there's 
completely copying something and then there's like stealing with integrity well what is the the saying that's i think misattributed to picasso it's um uh bad artists copy good artists steal yeah yeah it it's it doesn't make sense but it does yeah like a, a bad artist just would have copied the old one yeah and nothing that john carpenter loved nothing's original yeah. everything's influenced exactly. by something i think it was like jack kirby said like oh you know i i grew up on these comic strips i like the way he drew hands that's how i draw hands now. yeah you don't copy their hands that just becomes a part yeah of it. it influences you take a piece of everything you love and create exactly something new. and i i think this movie does it because it's got references to invasion of the body snatchers it's got references to alien which mm -hmm. hadn't come out that long ago but i could definitely see carpenter liking it's got just like homages to the original it's a perfect movie mm -hmm. i think it's john carpenter's masterpiece he might disagree with me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but it's hands down my favorite carpenter film um on the note of love letters too and like stealing with integrity <laughs> uh shout out to dead meat yes we because huge dead meat fans <laughs> because like you not only like you wanting to do this podcast and like watch scary movies with me but like dead meat really like sparked my that, interest in that what got movies. us that's what got us talking when you were like yeah. hey matt you like horror movies and i was like i do <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to them yes they're great just want just want got put us that going there. man yeah um <laughs> go listen to them they're, they're yes. fantastic and watch their videos yes absolutely wonderful um what else about the thing um any more facts anything i should know i mean there's there's like a lot that it feels like it's hard to like dig through my brain to find it all <laughs> um uh, apparently i did not know this until i was looking stuff up while we were watching the movie today it actually has some sequels wait uh, what yeah it has um three comic book sequels <gasps> comics from dark horse that against all odds john carpenter has said are worthy sequels and at one point he was trying to adapt one of them <laughs> that's awesome so i i really want to read them now and um i didn't know where this fell on like the timeline there is a thing video game Ooh. uh that takes place uh, apparently 24 hours after the events of the movie when the army has to come in because there's been an explosion at one of their bases basically is it is it like a shooter or something i think it's like a survival horror game uh, I need to look this up. The thing, what year did two thousand two? Third person shooter. Survival. Oh, it is a shooter. Okay. Ooh, I'm gonna need to look into. Who did the? It was Dark Horse, but who like wrote in? Well, who's the artist? Um, I you know? think his last name was Pfeiffer, but I could be. Let me. I really want to read that now. Yeah, the fact that Carpenter likes it. Oh my really... god. <laughs> wrong thing <is> that? <laughs> not like, marvel's the thing <laughs> uh i completely forgot that that's the same thing right i once did a a drawing that was the thing versus the thing versus man thing versus swamp thing <laughs> that's uh, it's my crowning achievement as an artist <laughs> oh my god I, I put in movie and now i'm getting swamp thing hello <laughs> is it the thing from another world um no the comic book is called just the it's like the thing colon something um, uh hold on i have it right here it is by chuck ferrer and it's set 24 hours after the film uh it is called the thing from another world you were right oh, okay and it was followed by the thing from another world climate of fear and questionable research cool we're gonna and have to give those carpenter wanted to adapt one of those comic books because he thought it was so good that's awesome we might have to track that down yeah um also frank darabont who directed like the mist and um he did the first season of the walking dead mm. uh, he has a couple oscars for things like the green mile um and can't think of his most fit shawshank redemption oh so that's him also another nobody and yeah just somebody just yeah, some yeah. guy he only wrote a couple like horror movies for, like <laughs> nightmare on elm street three and the blob so <laughs> Uh, he actually was trying to do a sequel slash adaptation for sci-fi in the early 2000s. It's like a TV Ooh. show, which I mean, sci-fi doesn't make me like optimistic about it. But Frank Darabont does. Yeah. Their TV shows are normally good. Sci-fi so. killed all my hope when they canceled Deadly Class. That's fair. They, well, that, movie was, that show was probably really expensive to make. Yeah. Compared to their other shows. That's why it was so good. I know. 
Well, it's sort of like apparently the Swamp Thing show is like amazing. Yeah, and, and like they canceled the, it before it even yeah, came out. It, yeah, because apparently they like literally had to build a swamp set and just keep it in storage oh. when they weren't filming. Jeez. And that just cost way too much yeah. money. Oh. But I still want to watch it. So by the way, we really <laughs> like comic books. Yeah, if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> we both work in comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both draw, as yes. as you probably see from the Hopefully, oh, if you're watching this. If if you're listening to this, uh go I don't know what YouTube We'll is. have a YouTube yeah. setup. There will be a link. There'll be a link uh, uh, to the YouTube version <laughs> where there will be a speed art of us drawing. Yes. I will be drawing the monsters from the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I will be drawing Kurt Russell calling people bitch. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't drawn yet. Matt, Matt just, drew while we watched. Just draw a drawing of Kurt Russell just pouring out Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> just on top of your drawing. <laughs> I'd be way on board you for cheating that. cheating bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the plan is. Matt's going to draw all, since he's making me watch these. I'm the bad guy. He's Coming the bad you. guy. He's going to draw all the serial killers, all the monsters. I'm going to draw all the survivors yes. and victims and all that. So it'll be cool. Uh, Matt, where can we find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on just about everything as at I draw paintings. Um, and you can also follow my artist page on Facebook, just Matt Mears. Awesome. And I am Zach Shirk on everything, mostly Instagram, uh, Dribble website, ZachShirk.com. You can check out my stuff. I draw and make videos and animations and whatnot. And it's pretty great. It's worth checking out. Matt's drawings are pretty cool, so you oh should check him out too. He draws a lot of <laughs> horror stuff. So I do. I mean, I would hope you're into horror if you're listening to this. Yeah, you're going to be really disappointed if you're like, this isn't about the Marvel comics, the thing. This isn't a Fantastic Four fan cast. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Hopefully we'll have links to everywhere you can follow us and watch videos and things from us Mm -hmm. uh, down in the description. Yeah. And what what's our next movie, man? Um, I think our next movie, we're going to bring it a little more modern. We're going to go to the next foundational horror movie. We want to do something very different. Something that I think laid the te- the groundwork for pretty much every horror movie the last 20 years, whether you like it or not. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Cool. I'm, I, I'm very scared to watch <laughs> this one because the thing was like, cool, not super scary. But I feel this like this is one's going to be scary. the polar opposite. If the thing wants to show you everything, the Blair Witch wants to show you nothing. Oh, God. <laughs> well, tune in next yes. time for that one. Uh, uh, keep it spooky, guys. <laughs> and uh, fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>